Okay. <laughs> I actually have another one here that says, these are two really cool dudes. Yeah. They're so funny. Ha ha. They make me laugh every single morning. One of them is kind of cute too. That's really? what it says right there. Oh yeah. It's the the blonde one. <laughs> We're both blonde. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Rob Lowe's favorite football podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob Lowe. I'm, I'm always, I'm every single week I'm sitting here and I'm just like smiling, just like <laughs> with <you>? literally <laughs> smiling from <laughs> ear to ear, waiting for me to say. Smiling like Rob Lowe. Like Rob Lowe. I'm joined, obviously, by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, Joe? It's going as good as it could be. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I actually am a big fan of Rob Lowe. Me too. I um, I pretty much only know him well from Parks and Rec. Okay. Uh, and his character on there is just, I like how he's just positive. Chris Traeger, yeah. Yeah, Chris Traeger, just positive all the time. Uh, the reason I thought about him now, though, was because he's on this uh, show. That's uh, always advertised yeah, when we watch football. Always. Yes. It's like yes. a firefighter show. I think yeah. it's called, oh, 911 uh star 911 no. <laughs> Dallas something no something Texas yeah it's like 911 uh, uh oh i think it's called um Houston we have Lone a problem Lone Star no I, okay i was thinking Lone Star too Lone Star and i don't, i'm i'm pretty sure i'm going to look it up but i'm pretty sure it's called 91 911 not 911 911 Lone Star that's for sure what it is you think so oh yeah 100% i'm feeling pretty good about that all right. Yep. Nine one one load start. Make sure you guys check it out uh, every weekday. On NBC. Um, on NBC. It probably is on NBC. Actually, I'm not even sure. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure Rob Lowe. Uh, one of the first things that comes up when you search nine one one Lone Star is is nine one one Lone Star canceled. Uh, uh oh. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Nope. They got renewed. So we're gonna be all right. Nice. Never watched it, but uh, it looks pretty bad. Not gonna lie. Yeah. It doesn't. Look, it didn't look great to me, but. Uh... Yeah, we also didn't watch it. I you you probably sorry, it's kind of embarrassing, but you probably don't even know Rob Lowe from The Outsiders. Uh, no, I don't even know what that is actually. So The Outsiders was a book that I read. Um, mm, in I've uh, read The Outsiders. Uh, Stay Gold Pony Boy. No, okay, I haven't. I think that we had a bunch of choices to read, uh, mm-hmm. and Outsiders was one of them. But I read one called Maniac McGee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, The Outsiders was an amazing book. I actually really enjoyed it. It's by Essie Hinton. And, uh, really? and they made a movie about it and, um, Rob Lowe played a character in the movie. Really? Yeah, he did. And it was, yeah. So he was shirtless oh. in one scene. So. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. This is a family show. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's awesome. On today's episode, we're actually just going to talk all about how much we love Rob Lowe, yeah. uh, different aspects of Rob Lowe. I like yeah. that he's getting older, but he just, wow. He looks great. He's drop dead gorgeous. I've, I've actually watched interviews of him and he looks, he looks or sorry, he his personality is very similar to yeah. Chris Traeger. Which that's his, why I love him. Yeah, he's, he's great. Seems like such a happy, positive man. Yeah. Uh, and also, there was uh, last year during the playoffs, he was at a, a 49ers game, 
Uh, and he was in the crowd, and they cut to him, yes. and he's wearing a hat yeah, that just, just has the NFL logo on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody made fun of him so hard for that. Yeah. But I remember for months before that, I was thinking, how cool would it be if I bought a hat that had just the NFL logo? I thought that was the coolest yeah. thing. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay, so this is how everybody would feel if I bought a hat yeah, with just the NFL no, logo on it. That's awesome, though. Yeah. That, he wasn't cheering for any teams. He was just going for the NFL. Yeah. He was there, and he was loving it. Rooting for the uh, the. The corporation. The incorporation. The incorporation. <laughs> He's in with the corporation. Yes. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. This is the Average Joe Football Show. For those of you guys that don't know, uh, we are a couple of Joes and sometimes a Joe. We're up to no good <laughs> and started making... Very good. <laughs> wow. Did yeah, you really did you write that? Very fast. <laughs> did you write that? Yeah. Really? So actually... <laughs> first this game. Is episode 40 40 this is episode 40 if you're only tuning in now you might as well stop because honestly if you haven't been along for the whole ride just <laughs> just give up you don't honestly deserve to be here oh yeah um, that's not i'm just kidding not true uh recently been feeling really excited about the podcast i'm getting uh you know encouraged uh we've been rolling some, in a lot of money yeah we are making again hand over fist uh with this podcast uh no but for real you guys uh for those of you that have been along for the whole ride, or you haven't been, or you've just recently uh, found this podcast, uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we've seen a little bit of growth lately, and it's been super encouraging. Uh, and if you guys uh, do enjoy the show, feel free to hit us up on social medias. Uh, you know, my wife gets very mad when I say social medias. I do too. Oh, you do? Yeah. You brought it up. It's incorrect. Yeah. Politically incorrect. It's politically incorrect. It's offensive, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I dare you. Hit us up on social media, um, you know, give, I, I appreciate, you know, people give me feedback. Uh, I, it doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, I, even if it's, you know, constructive criticism, that's cool. I really enjoy hearing back from uh, listeners of the show like, hey, I really like it when you do this or why don't you do more of this or whatever. Uh, and yeah, I, I really appreciate that. So if you, uh, big shout out to everybody that listens to the podcast. Um appreciate you so much and uh, i hope you appreciate being appreciated hmm. and speaking of appreciation we still have a thing going on if you give us a five star rating slash review on apple podcast we will say whatever you say in your little review so this is how it goes you go onto apple podcast joe explain to them what they got to do to to be on the podcast here's what you got to do you're going to open your apple podcast app it's which so i'm easy. doing currently so easy you uh you go and you search average Joe football show if mm -hmm. it's not already in your library. You should already be subscribed at this point. If you're yeah. listening to this, you should make sure you do that first. Hit subscribe. Yes. Uh, and then and then you click on the show uh, right at the top. Actually, you can you can rate it, I think. Uh, actually, you have to click the three dots that are in the top right corner. <laughs> you do? I didn't uh, even know that was a thing. Nope. Sorry, you don't. Um, okay. All right. How about I take you it from to, here? Sorry. You just... You just <laughs> sorry. You find, you just uh, scroll down. Are you good? Okay. Yeah. You so want you me just, to take over? No. Okay. I'm actually good. Yeah. All right. You sure? Thanks, Joe. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna take it from here, and then uh, you go scroll down, and then you can see the ratings and reviews. Mm. So far, we have 12 ratings, all five stars. Listen, if you give us five stars, we will literally find you, and we will kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I swear to goodness. If you drop our rating. Please give us a five star rating. I cannot stress enough how much mm -hmm. please you need to give us a five star rating. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't give us a five star rating again, why are you even here? Yeah. First of all, if you haven't been here since the beginning, uh, if you haven't, you know, given, given us a five star rating, what's the point? 
You obviously don't care about us. Why are you even here? Um, right, Joe? Reverse psychology? Yeah, reverse psychology. <laughs> wink, wink. Right? Yeah, so for instance, here's one uh, one that we got. Uh, it says, uh, this show is so easy to listen to. It's one of the best podcasts I've listened to in regards to the banter back and forth. Obviously, these guys have a lot of good chemistry, oh, and I gosh. can't stop laughing. They're hilarious, and they only get better with each episode. <laughs> I got another one here that actually says... Please stop. I got this another- is literally just us just <laughs> looking in the mirror and telling this, wow. No, this is actually so- from my wife. I know it. Okay. <laughs> I actually have another one here that says, these are two really cool dudes. Yeah. They're so funny. Ha ha. They make me laugh every single morning. <laughs> one of them is kind of cute, too. That's really? what it says right there. Oh, yeah. It's the the blonde one. <laughs> We're both blonde. <laughs> oh, man. This is oh. so lame. But this is a show where we talk football eventually at some point. Uh, but basically, if this is the first time you're listening, this is a, a show. It's me, Joe. Joe Fair. Uh, and I'm obviously joined by my producer, Joe Thiessen. Like I said earlier, uh, I know you know, a decent amount about football, enough to where I wanted to start a podcast about football. Uh, Joe knows enough uh, to where he could be the producer of my football podcast. (laughs) Uh, Joe, uh, you know, you're good at a lot of things uh, in in football's not maybe one of those things. I don't want to, you know, discourage you. You were... You don't want to discourage me. This weekend, you were very... You were on the ball. Really? We watched a lot of... I watched a lot of football. That's right. This weekend. Yeah. It was super wild card weekend this weekend. Wow. And Joe, uh, you were engaged. You even named some players. Yeah, dude. And if... I'm telling you, if Sims would have just caught that ball. If Wims just would have caught that ball. Oh, wait. Listen, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Javon Wims, you also named uh, another player. Stevon Williams. <laughs> Stevon. <laughs> Stevon. Uh, I was going to say David Montgomery. You hit that. But I think it's because it showed his name on the screen. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's too, too soon it's to not tell. Not relevant. But. Uh, but yeah, we had a crazy wild card weekend. Some would argue maybe too many games. Uh, this was the first year that the extra playoff team. So there was one or two extra games uh, in wild card weekend. Holy smokes. It was a loaded weekend of football. Um, and some games were fantastic some games i'm not gonna lie were were sleepers they were hard to get through uh and we'll talk all the games that happened we'll talk the games that are happening next week uh but before we do that why don't we just jump into joe unless you have something i just want also want to say that rob lowe's show lone star only only has a three star rating so is there, maybe, a, is there a rotten tomatoes on that no i was just looking on google um so let's maybe give rob lowe five stars as well mm-hmm. and tell it tell him that you that we sent you yeah Actually, sure. actually, who cares about rating our podcast? Just go and rate uh, Rob <laughs> Please Lowe's. Please help out Rob Lowe. He <laughs> Rob, needs it. He needs help, Tech, honestly. Apparently, we'll, he needs it more than we do. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be okay. Uh, but, Joe, unless you have anything else you want to say, why don't we just jump straight into a little bit of news? First up... In the news, we're talking NFL news, and there was actually quite a bit. It almost makes me miss Joel and wish that he was on the podcast this week. Joel's just such a busy man now with everything going on that he can't make it on the podcast this week. Uh, But hopefully he'll be on again uh, at some point. But the first piece of news, the reason that it would have been nice to have Joel on the podcast this week is because Doug Peterson, who we had, we talked at length last week, uh, Joel and I. If you have not checked out that podcast, make sure you go do it. It was a good one. But this week, 
Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, was given his walking papers. He no longer has a job. He's the, the newest coach to be fired. Uh, we've yet to have any head coach hirings, a bunch of interviews going on, uh, but Doug Peterson gets his walking papers. This is just three years removed from winning a Super Bowl. So that it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think that he's literally three years. Imagine you're at your job and you do the best thing you can possibly do at your job. You, you've done it. That's the best thing you can do. Uh, and then three years later, you don't even have that job anymore. It's like, how bad? Well, what? You can mess up really quick. Well, yes, but <laughs> that's true. Very fast. <laughs> yeah, okay. You can have a couple bad weeks and then you're, you're out, you know? A couple really bad weeks. Yeah. Uh, and, and you could argue that Doug Peterson had a couple really bad weeks. Uh, he finishes his tenure in Philadelphia, uh, a five-year tenure with a 42-37 and one record. So a winning record, four and two in the playoffs. Uh, since his Super Bowl victory, however, uh, a 22-25 and one record. Uh, I think this had a lot to do with his relationship with Carson Wentz. Uh, it also seems like uh, Doug Peterson did not want to be there for a rebuild. It seemed like he wanted to win now. I saw reports uh, <clears throat> out by, I think, Ian Rappaport that Doug Peterson uh, also didn't like being told what to do, uh, which, you know, you could argue that nobody in the whole world likes to be told what to do. Uh, Doug, I'm not sure where you're going to find a job as a coach where nobody's telling you what to do because uh, you were literally a head coach, the, the highest coach you can possibly be, unless you want to buy a team, uh, which you don't have the money for. I don't know when you're possibly going to not be told what to do, uh, but uh, there are rumors swirling about him potentially going to the Jets, um, he has a he has a good relationship with Joe Douglas, the GM there uh, in New York. So that's an interesting interesting thing, you know, uh, to to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I don't know if that's going to get Jets fans excited at all. If Jets fans uh, ever get excited anymore, uh, but yeah, the Eagles let go of Doug Peterson. Interested to see who they bring in uh, and and who they who they stick with. If they stick with Carson Wentz uh, with with a new head coach, or maybe they go back to Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's definitely an interesting, we have a whole offseason to talk about that, uh, but definitely an interesting scenario. And then speaking of coaching hires, we had a couple of uh, former head coaches getting hired as defensive coordinators. First, we had the Cowboys hiring Dan Quinn, the former coach of the Atlanta Falcons, to be their new defensive coordinator. Uh, they had an opening there. Their defense was uh, a absolute dumpster fire at times last year. They hire uh, the former Atlanta Falcons head coach who, was a, was a pretty good uh, defensive coordinator uh, bef- uh, in Seattle before getting hired uh, in in Atlanta. His defenses, surprisingly, uh, despite being a defensive-minded coach, the offense was the best part of those teams. Uh, he finishes with a 43-42 and 42 record uh, in six years in Atlanta and just was never the same after that Super Bowl loss. Uh, the most disastrous loss you could possibly imagine. And then uh, another... Former head coach, this has been a while, but Gus Bradley also getting hired by John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator in Los Angeles, and now he's going to join the Las Vegas Raiders to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, and then we have the real big news. This is the real big news before we get into all the playoff stuff. This is, other than the playoff games, this was the biggest talking point uh, throughout this whole weekend and throughout this whole last week uh, in the NFL. And it was Deshaun Watson, uh, the young elite level quarterback, the guy who led the league in passing yards on a four and 12 team, Deshaun Watson seems to be, uh, 
unhappy in Houston. He seems to be unhappy. There were reports coming out uh, late last week that Deshaun Watson uh, was unhappy with the direction the Houston Texans were going uh, and that he was potentially uh, talking to teammates about demanding a trade. And then all of a sudden, all the team, all the fans of every team starts photoshopping Deshaun Watson uh, into their team's uniforms, as they do, you know, as you should. Uh, and then uh, early Sunday, Chris Mortensen uh, of ESPN, a, a trusted source for a lot of people, uh, comes out and says he has sources telling him that Deshaun Watson is in fact unhappy uh, in Houston. He's unhappy with the direction that they've gone. He's unhappy uh, because they told him that he would have say in the general manager hire. He would told them that he would. Uh, they told him rather that he would have say uh, in. The, the head coaching hire, and then he suggested they bring in Eric Bieniemy as the head as the head coach, uh, and they didn't even interview him. So Deshaun Watson was unhappy about that, and then Chris Mortensen also saying Deshaun Watson uh, potentially would be open to a trade uh, involving him going to Miami to play for the Dolphins uh, and Tua Tagovailoa going to Houston. Uh, so that happened. And I'm sure the Dolphins are super psyched about being thrown into this story uh, when they already have a quarterback that's been through quite a lot uh, in his rookie season. So that was kind of the biggest um, the biggest story happening this week is Deshaun Watson. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be a huge offseason storyline. The, the, the Texans are now apparently bringing in uh, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, they, they've requested to bring him in for an interview. It seems kind of like covering their butt at this point. Uh, because they cannot bring him in an interview un- until he's done in the playoffs, which could be uh, until February, uh, because the Chiefs have a very good chance to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, it seems as though Deshaun Watson, uh, I don't know, there's something in the air. You know, And people people think it's ridiculous to say that Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, is going to get traded, because that just doesn't happen with quarterbacks. Uh, people think it's crazy, uh, but I don't know, I've... A lot, most trades before they happen, big time trades seem crazy. And to me, there's there's something in the air that feels like this is going to happen, uh, that he's going to be on a different team. I think it's a stupid idea for the Houston Texans. I don't know why uh, on God's green earth, you have a top five potential quarterback, a franchise changing quarterback, uh, and, and you would you would not cater everything to him. I mean, you obviously don't want to, you know, cross that line and you know have him running the franchise but you got to find ways to make him happy because it's so hard to come by a quarterback and as far as the Dolphins things go obviously I'm a Dolphins fan uh, and I talked a lot about Tua how I still believe him in in him last week and how I think the Dolphins should uh, still continue to work with him and not give up on him and all that being said all that is completely still uh, true that all rings true I still all believe all that however uh, if this is Sean Watson thing is real and you have a chance, a genuine chance to go and get to Sean Watson and all you have to give up is a couple of first round picks uh, and Tua, I don't know how you can't do that. I mean, that is that is an incredible opportunity uh, because uh, you know I still think Tua is going to be great. I still think he has the ability to be a great quarterback, uh, but you can bring in a already developed amazing elite talent into Sean Watson, a franchise changing player who's ready to go right now. And I think that immediately makes Miami a Super Bowl contender. Honestly, if they, especially if they make other improvements this offseason, 
And I'm not saying that this is going to happen. Odds are uh, it won't happen. But uh, but if you have the opportunity and for the right price where you don't cripple your franchise, I mean, you have Houston Texans' first two picks. You can just give them back uh, to the Houston Texans. But if you have the opportunity to get Deshaun Watson, as much as I love Tua and as much as I believe in Tua in the future, I don't know how you can't take that. But as far as other scenarios that Deshaun Watson could potentially go in, I like the idea of him potentially going to San Francisco. Obviously, I would love to have him uh, in Miami. Uh, and I think it's a win-win scenario right now for Miami. You either get a young, developing quarterback uh, that you can surround with a ton of draft picks and a ton of good players this offseason with all the cast base that you have, or you can get Deshaun freaking Watson. But a team that I would love uh, to see Deshaun Watson, I could actually see it happening. I could see him going to the San Francisco 49ers. And to me, this would make the San Francisco 49ers probably the one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, they We saw what they did last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. They went all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think if you add Deshaun Watson to a Kyle Shanahan offense, uh, and you know there's better weapons there uh, in San Francisco. They have pieces to trade. Uh, they may not have like high picks, but they have defensive pieces. They can just say, hey, Houston, you know, take one of our stud defensive players uh, for a franchise-altering quarterback. So I would love to see Deshaun Watson potentially be in San Francisco. And again, this is something that we will discuss uh, week in and week out. I just wanted to touch on it a little bit as it was just such a huge story this week. Um, and Deshaun Watson is going to be a polarizing figure throughout this whole offseason. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be an exciting offseason. Uh, but we're going to just jump into the playoff games. But before we do that... We're going to do a little thing that we haven't done. Uh, well, it's been probably a couple months already. Uh, it's a little it's a little game we play uh, on this podcast. I'm going to bring back in my illustrious producer for everybody's favorite podcast game show. Say it with me, folks. What does Joe know? All right. I don't know if you wanted me to say it with you or what. No, well, you know, it would have helped. You said for sure. But I just uh, kind of panicked. It's it's fine. You know, some people don't consider themselves a folk. No, that's fine. Uh, But, uh, Joe, I talked about how, you know, we were watching a little bit of football together this weekend. Yeah. uh, As well as with our friend Joel. Uh, Don't even ask me what games were played. Okay. No, no, no. Well, we're going to ask you, you know, something along the lines. But I noticed that you were, you you know, you were engaged. You you really seem to be, you know, you know, saying things uh, at the right times, (laughs) even if you were maybe mimicking me. Uh, you know, trying to fit in. You did a good job. <laughs> trying to fit in. You did a good job. So bad. Uh, we t- we watched our boy Bisky play on Nickelodeon a little bit. Uh, we didn't actually watch him on Nickelodeon. We couldn't get that channel. But uh, that was the sleepiest game. And if you were involved in that sleepy game, you must really be, you know, getting better at this. I think you really know what you're talking about. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me take that again. He's, he's so he's so nervous. Go again. Uh, excuse me? Let's take that again. No, we're just going to run with that, actually. Thanks. No, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're going to cut that in post? Yeah. Um. Uh, anyways, just totally mess up my flow, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, today, Joe, how many, before we get into the, the actual question, uh, how many teams are left in the NFL playoffs. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's focus here a little bit. So, okay. 
each conference, each conference going in to the playoffs. This is the start of the playoffs. We just had playoffs this week. Each okay. conference has seven teams. Okay. Going into the playoffs. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. How many teams do you think there is left? So seven plus seven. Hmm. Seven plus seven is fourteen. Okay. Perfect. Um, and there was six games this weekend. Okay. So <laughs> there's twelve teams left. <clears throat> so let's take that again. <laughs> um, I don't understand anything about conferences. No, that doesn't matter. Okay, there was tw- there was six games this week, so that means six teams had to be eliminated. There. Okay. You, you we have to start from square one. No, we don't. I think we do. <laughs> there's eight teams left. Okay, there's, there's eight, eight teams, teams left. left. Obviously. Jeez, why didn't you say it from the beginning? Because <laughs> so I was asking you. Okay, I have nine teams written down right now here on this piece of paper, Joe. Oh, you, I have oh, man. eight of them are the eight teams left in the dance. They're left. They can still win the Super Bowl. One of them, however, was eliminated this weekend. They were in the playoffs this weekend. They are no longer a part of the playoffs, Joe. All you have to do is in nine names, you have to tell me which one of these teams is no longer a part of the NFL playoffs. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So here's your teams. You can write them down if you want or or not. I don't really care. But uh, team number one here. And let's make sure to pace ourselves, okay? <laughs> okay. Team number there's nine nine teams written down here. All right. The Cleveland Browns. Okay. Is is, is yeah. number one. All right. Yeah, they are number one. They did great this weekend. <laughs> Very good. Kick butt. Uh number two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. righty. Okay. Number three, the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. Okay. Number four, the New Orleans Saints. Okay. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Number six, the Los Angeles Rams. All right. Seven, Green Bay Packers. Eight, Baltimore Ravens. That's your team, Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> That's my team, and they're going on. Nine. Lamar Jackson's looking scary right looking now. Looking skinny. <laughs> yes. Nine, the Buffalo Bills. So through the first run through, is there any any names that stick out to you? Yeah, I I have my final answer. You really? You yeah. don't even need me to go through it one more time. No. Really? Holy smokes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh wow. Okay. We still have like a wait. No. Four, four minutes. Uh. You know of time here. I'm just kidding. There's no time for this. <laughs> so you're pretty confident. Um. Yeah. I think so. Can you can you just say it one more time? Yeah. I'll quickly quickly run through the nine yeah, teams. Just so, actually say it quickly this time. All right. Yeah. When you say it slow. By the time you say one name to the other, I've already forgotten the first <laughs> okay, one. Okay, okay. Here we go. Cleveland Browns. Okay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. The New Orleans Saints. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Los Angeles Rams. The Green Bay Packers. The Baltimore Ravens. And the Buffalo Bills. Which one of these teams is no longer a part of the final Elite Eight, if you please, in the NFL? <clears throat> drum roll, please. I'm going to make you edit that drum roll in and post. Hit the drum roll. I can do whatever I want. Okay, post, that's actually. that's actually fair. Um, you have a final answer. Final answer. What is Seattle Seahawks? What is Seattle Seahawks? How are you feeling about that answer? Not good. Really? Yeah. Like, what? Like, like. Okay, obviously you you feel good enough to to make it your answer. Yeah. And obviously you're 100 percent correct. Yes, I knew it. Incredible. I knew it. 
Wow. I knew it. You impressed me did every they got, week. Did they, did they get beat by the Bills? No. Oh, okay. shoot. We have to no, stop no, after no, you no, answer. No, listen, stop. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't matter. We always have to stop after you get the answer right because you often dig yourself a hole after. Yeah. No, they played the Packers. No. Okay. Packers so, the- so, okay, see, so they played mm. the Ravens. No. <laughs> they played. <laughs> I don't. I just. I feel like we should just move on. They played the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I knew it. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations, Joe. Okay. All right. You did <laughs> it. You. I'm happy Thank for you. you. Very much. Despite you always ruining the um, momentum of you getting the question right. <laughs> I hate uh, you did it. You won again. You do know. What does Joe know? He does. <laughs> <laughs> what does Joe know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. He does. Uh, but why don't we just move on to the next segment? We're going to go through every game from this week and there's only eight now only six there's only six games six games how awesome is that we're gonna be done in i think seven minutes literally seven minutes i think that's literally what i have written down seven minutes wow wow so here we go why don't we just jump into the games the first game of the wild card weekend and probably the best game uh, we talked about how some of the games, and we'll get into some of those games, uh, were complete sleepers, bad games. Uh, and, and the first thing that you think of when you think, okay, we added another uh, wild card team. So that's probably why uh, you know some of the games are bad is because we have some of these seven seeds really stinking it up. But that was not really the case, uh, you know, in in every scenario, uh, because. In this game, the Buffalo Bills versus the Indianapolis Colts, we had a seven seed Indianapolis Colts playing really good football. This was the best game of the week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, uh, it only gets bad from here, but uh, I'm just kidding. Please stick around. Uh, we're going to talk more football. <laughs> but uh, this was definitely the best game of the week, and it, and it started a wild card weekend off with a bang. It reminded me very much of last year when we had the Buffalo Bills playing against the Houston Texans in the, in the first game. Uh, and that game also started wild, wild card weekend off with a bang. Uh, but I dismiss the Colts completely uh, going into this game. Uh, and it was not because I hate the Colts or not because I wanted to dismiss them. But I just, I, I thought that the, the, the Buffalo Bills were playing otherworldly going into this playoffs. And I still believe that. Uh, you know, they, it was maybe not their best game, uh, against Indy, but I, I still think they are, uh, incredible and, and the stuff that they've done this season, uh, it just led me to believe that there is no, there was no chance that they were going to, they were, they were going to lose in wildcard weekend. Uh, but Indianapolis, I give them credit, uh, and they did not win. Obviously you probably know that if you're listening to a football podcast at this point, uh, but Indianapolis falls 24 to 27. But I give them a tremendous amount of credit. They they made this game fun. They made this game entertaining, and they fought to the bitter end. And honestly, going into the going into halftime, Indianapolis played the better game. Uh, and and the way this game started, it looked like from the beginning, Jonathan Taylor was going to have a big game. Uh, I I think that the Buffalo Bills one of their biggest weaknesses is probably their run defense. And I and I said to uh, Joel, we were texting. Uh, during this game, I said, I, th- I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a big game today. Uh, and it seemed like that from the beginning. He ended up, uh, you know, doing all right. He had 21 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he had some really key drops in this game. I, f- I felt like two or three times uh, he had really key drops that hurt. And I think that hurt Indianapolis a lot in this game. And like I said, they got off to a really hot start. 
they they were marching down the field and, and putting the Buffalo Bills in terrible field position. The punting game was huge uh, for Indianapolis in this game. It they, they constantly had really good starting field position and they constantly had Buffalo uh, starting in terrible field position. They got off to a hot start. Uh, they dominated the first half. Honestly, Buffalo did not come out looking good. And I thought that this game was really all about Josh Allen completely putting this team on his back uh, in Buffalo because Indy Indy played their best game. Honestly, I, I from with what they're given, uh, and that's Philip Rivers, who, I mean, that guy, all the respect in the world, Philip Rivers. I like him as a person, and it's a shame that his career might be over. Now he was throwing ducks this whole game, uh, and and I and I say that again, utmost respect. He was throwing ducks. I, it seemed like every every pass that he threw, floated to the receiver. I mean, he was throwing ducks, uh, and and somehow they kept marching the ball down the field. Indianapolis kept getting in these situations uh, to score, and the biggest thing that affected Indianapolis this week uh, and 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 ended their season was missed opportunities. They couldn't. They could not punch the ball in. They could not get touchdowns, despite moving the ball really, really well against what's a what is a decent Buffalo Bills uh, defense. They were two for five, uh, getting touchdowns in the red zone. Two two touchdowns and five trips. Uh, they had a they had a missed field goal. They had a ton of drop passes. It felt like there was a ton of drop passes. And like I said, Philip Rivers, he was either throwing an absolute dime or he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, and then. I thought the, the the part of the game that really changed the game for Indianapolis and in, in, in Buffalo's favor was the end of the second quarter going into halftime. Indianapolis, Indianapolis is driving uh, and it, it's it's in within two minutes. They have first and goal at the Buffalo four. Uh, and they they have a two-yard pass on first down. They have a one-yard run. And then they have a negative three-yard run on a, on a pitch to Jonathan Taylor, which I don't understand. You had the ball at the one-yard line, and you pitched it to Jonathan Taylor, who's a power rusher. That guy runs angry. Why not? I, I would have said all three downs. Why not try to get it to Jonathan Taylor uh, against a, a poor run defense? Uh, but they had that negative three-yard run. And then Phillip Rivers overthrows um, his receiver there in the end zone. Uh, I'm blanking on the receiver's name right now. But uh, he overthrows the receiver uh, in the back of the end zone, and they and they don't convert there uh, going into halftime. And then Buffalo proceeds to go down the field uh, and score a touchdown before halftime, uh, giving them the lead, giving them all the momentum. And they were helped out by a huge boneheaded offsides uh, play that was just one of the worst offsides you'll you'll see. I mean, Buffalo was 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 lining up on fourth down just on the edge of field goal range, if not out of field goal range, um, before the second half. And the, 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 time, the play clock is already basically at zero. Josh Allen, anybody in their sister can tell that Josh Allen is doing a hard count. He's trying to get the defense offsides, and he gets Indianapolis to jump offsides. And that was devastating. That completely changed the game. He then throws a touchdown to Stephon Diggs, and that basically is a wrap. And I thought... Uh, the, the the keys to this game for Buffalo was Josh Allen played out of his mind. Uh, he he, what a difference it's been from last year, uh, where he was, you know, costing them a playoff game to now being the reason that they're winning a playoff game. Josh Allen 
I mean, his ability to 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 make plays out of nothing in this game and literally put the team on his back was the key to their victory. And I thought the key to the Indianapolis Colts losing this game was just missed opportunities. I mean, they played their best game. They came and played their best game. Their defense played well, about as well as you can play against this explosive offense. Uh, and they had opportunities. If they would have scored on more opportunities, they, they would have upset the Buffalo Bills. And we'd be, we would be talking about them uh, playing the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Uh, but the Bills are, are a hard team to contain for too long. And uh, a slow start can can evaporate in a hurry if you don't take advantage of opportunities. We see this week in and week out with teams playing the Bills. If you can contain them early on, you have to take advantage of opportunities. And Indianapolis could not do that. So congratulations. Buffalo gets their very first playoff win in 25 years. Big time win for Bills and Bills fans. On to the next game, and uh, we get right into the sleepy part of Wild Card Weekend. This was a game that was it was hard to get through at times. This game felt like it was seven hours long, Joe. For those of you that don't understand why I'm laughing, Joe is eating a banana while I'm while I'm doing this, and it's making me very uncomfortable. You, you stop. You don't need to look at me while you're doing it. Okay, it's. I'm just. I'm also trying to understand why you had to eat a banana right now well, during the podcast. I was hungry, man. Okay. I haven't even eaten supper yet. Dinner, whatever you want to call you it. You want a bite? No, I'm very much okay. All right, thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. And speaking of weird things, uh, the the this game uh, between the Rams and the Seahawks was a weird one. John Wolford, uh, it was kept a secret this whole week by Sean McVay, who, McVay, who would start at quarterback uh, and, and John Wolford got the call and immediately hit by Jamal Adams uh, and, and out of the game uh, immediately. So Jared Goff comes in with, with I think, three screws in his, in his throwing thumb. Brutal. Literally last week he had surgery uh, on his throwing thumb. And now he's, he's going out there and trying to throw uh, passes in an NFL game. And the Rams did walk away with, with the first upset of the weekend. Uh, and I think really the only upset. Oh, no, sorry. There was one more huge upset. Uh, but the Rams walk away with a 30-20 to 20 victory. Uh, and this was a, a a tough game to watch, a tough game to digest. Uh, bad quarterback play. And and I don't know if it's even good defense. I I think the Rams defense is really good. Uh, I, but, I mean, there was also a lot of really poor offense played in this game. Uh, Russell Wilson, what a disappointing ending to this season. Uh, he went from, you know, the first three weeks of the season, everyone's like, this is it. Russell Wilson's MVP. What a season. He's finally going to get an MVP vote to the Seahawks going out with a complete whimper. I mean, this was this was a an embarrassing loss uh, to lose to a team that, that had their backup quarterback starting. And then your backup quarterback goes out. So Jared Goff comes in. He barely has a hand to throw with. Uh, and he really pretty much outperforms Russell Wilson, who was under constant pressure all day uh he was he was sacked five times in this game and he could not get anything done uh but the the rams defense just just really made life tough on him and and that was the key i think to this game uh for the rams uh dominating defense aaron donald had two sacks uh before getting injured it looks like he'll be ready to play next week uh he did suffer a a rib injury in this game but he was dominant for us uh darius williams had another, the third pick of Russell Wilson that he's had this season. Uh, he had a pick six on a screen pass, which basically 
shows you how this game went for the Seattle Seahawks. He picked off a wide receiver screen and took it to the house and that completely turned the game around and in the Rams' favor. And I think the, the combination for the Rams, uh, and this will be the key to success, I think, for this Rams team. They don't have uh, the offense that they had a couple years ago when they were in the Super Bowl, uh, but the key to their success in the future and against Green Bay this upcoming week uh, is going to be a stout run uh, offense like they had this week. Cam Akers had a huge game, 131 yards on the ground and a touchdown, 45 yards through the air. Seattle could not stop Cam Akers on the ground despite knowing that they're going to just hand it to him every time. They couldn't stop Cam Akers. Uh, but it's going to be that common, combined with dominating defense. Uh, and that is the key to success, I think, for the Rams. And... Uh, and the Seahawks, they have a lot of work to do this offseason, whether that's fixing their offensive line, getting Russell Wilson more playmakers, uh, you know, maybe getting a new offensive coordinator, something. Uh, I just, I think it was probably the most disappointing way for Seattle to go out. And I can't imagine Seahawks fans, how they're feeling, uh, not only to lose, but to lose in, in such a boring and, and, and uninspiring way. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of, kind of defines this game. A little boring a little uninspiring. And then we move on to the final game of Saturday. Uh, oh, Saturday. The final game of Saturday? Or what were you pumping your fist for? I just uh, saw that Rye X is putting out a live album. Okay. <laughs> this Friday, he's putting out a live album on the con in, a, in a concert hall with uh, a bunch of his... Um, with a bunch of his... Uh, I think it's the mic. Okay, so this, Anyways, this is not, this with, is with not going in the podcast? It might. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, the, the night game there on Saturday was the Buccaneers at the Washington football team. And this seemed like a, you know, a, a, a guaranteed win for a dominating Buccaneers team. But Taylor Heineke, who started this game over Alex Smith, had different idea, had different idea going into this game. Uh, he was electric in this game. Uh, Buccaneers obviously walked away with a 31 to 23 victory and they do move on to play New Orleans next week. But the huge story coming out of this game other uh, than Tom Brady being the oldest quarterback now to throw a touchdown pass uh, in the playoffs. So congratulations to Tom Brady. He literally will never age. Um, but uh, Taylor Heineke, wow. I mean, this guy is electric. He was He was electric in this game. Nobody thought anything of him going into this game. And we thought, oh, here's going to be a snoozer. And this game was entertaining. I mean, he came in throwing dimes. I mean, he was throwing throwing dimes. I mean, he, he, he looked like a legitimate quarterback. There are starting quarterbacks that I thought looked a lot worse this season uh, than Taylor Heineke looked like in the playoffs. Uh, he, he ended up throwing for 306 yards, uh, a touchdown interception, had 46 yards on the ground, and an incredible rushing touchdown where he just looked incredibly fast and athletic, diving for the pylon. Uh, and, and he even was injured at one point. And he comes back uh, and, and, and attempts to lead them to, to a game-winning uh, drive. And he couldn't get the job done. But shout out to Taylor Heineke for making Wild Card Weekend a little bit more interesting. Uh, but the Buccaneers, they just handled business. It wasn't pretty at times. Uh, but at times it was. Uh, they they got a lot of contrib contributions from everybody on their team. All the guys you want to see contributing. Leonard Fournette finally had a big game, 93 yards on the ground. 
Uh, Tom Brady threw for 381 yards, two touchdowns. Mike Evans had over 100 yards. Chris Godwin had 79 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown pitched in with a touchdown. Cameron Braid had himself a big game. So these are encouraging signs. And they they certainly did not play a bad defense. I think Washington has a really good defense. So encouraging signs uh, going into next week. And just an overall fun, weird game. And then we move on to the Sunday games and start things off with what was a, what's become a, a rivalry uh, in the AFC. And that's, that's not a division rival, but it's two teams that met up uh, during the regular season. They met up during last year's postseason. And that's the Ravens and the Titans. And going into this game, uh, a lot of tension uh, and a lot of storylines. Obviously, everybody's talking about the fact that Lamar Jackson has never won a playoff game. And the Titans seem to have the Ravens number. They beat them in the regular season. They beat them in the postseason. Uh, Derrick Henry just is going to dominate this Ravens team. And this game played out a lot differently than I think a lot of people uh, expected. The Ravens walk away with a 20-13 victory over the Tennessee Titans. Lamar Jackson finally picks up. And we say finally. It's only his third postseason. So let's, let's maybe relax with that a little bit. But he does pick up his first. Uh, postseason win, uh, and it is. This was probably one that felt pretty good uh, against a team that exercised some demons. I think um, Lamar Jackson was was crazy in this game. I mean, he was he was tremendous. He had 179 yards through the air, uh, 136 on the ground, and a touchdown. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown played well, uh, and and the, the big storyline coming out of this game was Derrick Henry being completely shut down by this Ravens defense. The Titans get off to a hot start. They have a 10-0 lead. And another storyline that followed the Ravens all through last year, all into this year, the Ravens had never come back from down 10-0 with Lamar Jackson. And they do that in this game because Derrick Henry could not eat this game away. He could not eat out the clock because he ends with 18 rushes for 40 yards. That's 2.2 yards a carry. Completely shut down. They stacked the box the entire game against Derrick Henry and that was surprising that's one of the most surprising things I've seen this weekend uh, was how well uh, this defense completely stopped uh, Derrick Henry and this Titans offense Ryan Tannehill had a chance to win it there uh, with a game-winning drive at the end he throws an interception to Marcus Peters and the Ravens they love being the bad guys they love playing the villains they go and stomp on the Tennessee Titans logo after Tennessee did it to their logo earlier in the season, you can just tell they love uh, being the bad guys. They love being cocky. They love being loud. And I think that's going to make a lot of people not like them. I was not really, really rooting for them in this game. Uh, I was rooting for the Titans despite picking the Ravens. Uh, but a big time win, Lamar Jackson. And I think very few teams want to see the Baltimore Ravens right now. I think they're getting hot at the right time. Uh, and that combination of that run game uh, and that in that stout defense is going to be tough for a lot of teams uh, going into this week. And then on to the next game, uh, and this is one that we're, we, you know, we're going to try to run through a little bit quicker because it's maybe not the most entertaining. Have you only gone through two games now? No, that's that was four now. Oh, nice. where have you been? <laughs> this is game number five, and it was the afternoon game on Sunday. Joe, and this was uh, what teams here? It was the Nickelodeon game. Oh, it was the uh, Bears versus the. Um, is that right, though? Bears. Yeah, you got so the Bears far? right. That's good. Very good. 
Bears versus the Saints. Nice. Yeah. Very good. You know what cities they're from? No, I shouldn't push it. No, you Chicago you're, you're, Bears and the Lou New Orleans Saints. <laughs> the Lou New Orleans. Very good. That's that awesome. It? Yeah, you killed it. That's awesome. Very good, Joe. Aren't it's almost Saints, it's, it's kind of condescending when I do stuff like that. It is. I'm sorry. Aren't the Saints the ones that have uh when the Saints go <laughs> Anyway, so this game, uh you know, sort of a boring game. Uh 21 to 9. The Saints end up handling their business. It was ugly at times. Uh, and this was the sleepiest of games. Uh, it, it's a really a bummer. This game was the first ever NFL game uh, to be broadcast on Nickelodeon, of all places. Uh, and those poor kids, this is the game that they were exposed to. Uh, this game was tough. I had, you know, we were having conversations during this time, and I'm glad we had that because it would have been tough to sit through this entire game. Uh, and it was. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears got off to a pretty good start. And uh, the, I think the whole game really turned around uh, when Chicago, they dialed up a beautiful trick play. Trubisky, uh, I think, pitches it back to, to, a, uh, to a receiver. The receiver gets it back to Trubisky so he can now throw a four-year pass. Hits an absolute dime to Joe. What? what, what? Wims. Wims. Javon Wims. Javon freaking Wims. Drops the pass in the end. And it's the most perfect throw you'll ever see by our boy Bisky. Uh, and Javon Wims drops it. And from there on, uh, Chicago didn't have much of a chance. I think that was it for them. Uh, the the Saints just handled business. Uh, who knows? Bisky, uh, who knows what his future is? I don't know if he's coming back to Chicago. Hopefully, maybe we can get him on the podcast. He can just be a, a third slash fourth guy on this podcast. Bisky and the boy. We'll even check. We've we've even discussed this before, if, haven't we? If Mitch Bisky would join our pot, if Mitch Bisky would make would sign a contract mm. to do ten episodes a year, okay, I would change the entire name of the podcast. Oh, absolutely, ten episodes a year. Yes, that's fairly good. We recorded what? We like fifty some episodes in a year. Yeah, that's one fifth. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd 20%. say. 20%. So, yeah. Absolutely. We will completely change. <laughs> Mitcher, listen to us. That game was so boring. Uh, just come come do a podcast, man. Football's fine. You can go back to that at any time, really. You never get too old to play football. But your your prime podcast years are passing you by, man. But uh, real quick, before we, we, we close the book on Mitch Trubisky and on the Chicago Bears, I do got to congratulate our boy, Bisky, because there was fan voting in this game for the Nickelodeon MVP of the game, <laughs> and none other yeah. than our boy, the boy, mm. Mitcher Bisky. Congratulations! You know, people are going to talk about MVP. People are going to talk about All Pro, Pro people, Bowl. People might even talk about the Heisman. The Heisman, but uh, exactly, you guys missed it, Joe, doing the Heisman pose when he said that. That was glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're going to talk about on this this episode, on this podcast, the Biscuit and the Boys podcast, is the Nickelodeon MVP. I think they call it the MVP. So congratulations to our MVP, uh, number one on the field, number one in our hearts, Mitchell Biscuit. Rest in peace, sweet prince. We will see you again next season uh, and maybe on the podcast. And sorry, Saints, I didn't really talk about you, but I don't know. There's not much to say. Congratulations. You beat the Bears. And then moving on to the final game from Wild Card Weekend. And boy, oh boy, was this a crazy game. 
the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in a rematch from Week 17. And the Browns come out. Uh, I just, okay, why don't we start things off? This week, you know, and this always seems to happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every freaking year. I don't know what it is about Pittsburgh. The fact that they haven't won a Super Bowl since freaking 2008 and they have this these delusions of grandeur and this is this is I mean, this might come back to a coaching thing because this team every year uh and we saw it a couple years ago when they played jacksonville they get all cocky all confident start talking all this junk and juju smith schuster all season long has been dancing doing tiktoks on people's logos uh just they're doing tiktoks when they beat teams in in the locker room getting all cocky and Juju Smith-Schuster comes out this week and says, oh, the Browns, they're just the same old Browns. We're not worried about them. The Browns is the Browns, is what he says. Uh, and that line would go down in infamy for Juju Smith-Schuster this week because the Browns, they isn't the Browns anymore. He called them a bunch of nameless gray faces. Uh, I don't even know what that means, but those gray faces stomped in the faces of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this game was a, I mean, I can't even describe to you what was happening at the beginning of this game. Uh, so the very first snap of the game, Mike Pounce, I'm sorry, Marquise Pouncey, the other Pouncey brother, uh, who I believe has actually announced his retirement uh, since this game, snaps the ball over the head of a, the quarterback that he's been playing nine years with. He snaps it completely over his head. Uh, and then James Conner and Ben Roethlisberger run like scared little school children back to get the ball. Somehow, they don't recover the ball. The Cleveland Browns recover the ball. Touchdown right off the bat. Uh, and wow, what a disastrous start for Pittsburgh. And it only got worse from there. The first snap is a touchdown for Cleveland. On the next drive, interception. Next drive after that, punt. And then another interception. So after the first quarter, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, the Browns is the Browns, are leading the Pittsburgh Steelers 28 to nothing after the first quarter. That's never happened in the history of the NFL in the postseason to have a team leading 28 to nothing after the first quarter. And it was the Browns doing it over the team that's bullied them for decades forever the Cleveland Browns get off to the hottest start imaginable and and after that I mean Pittsburgh tried their hardest uh, to come back in this game Big Ben ended up throwing for 500 yards four touchdowns but also four interceptions uh, and and wow what a game for Cleveland uh, I can't imagine as a Browns fan the excitement, the 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 energy that you have after this performance. What an incredible, incredible win against, uh, like I said, a team that has bullied you, a team that's been the big brother uh, for years. And, and just to, to, to dominate the way they did. And there was times where it seemed like Cleveland might blow this lead, uh, but they managed uh, to, to, to keep it under control. Uh, Baker Mayfield finishes 21 for 34, 236 yards three touchdowns. Jarvis Landry had a huge game, 92 yards and a touchdown. And then Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for over 200 total yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and, and just what an incredible uh, game by this defense, making Ben, uh, I mean, he, not very many times does a quarterback throw for 500 yards and you can say the defense played well. 
Uh, but just the start that they got off to, and you could tell this team was motivated. This team was angry. Juju gave them bulletin board material, uh, and they and they did it. even without their head coach. Their head coach not playing, or sorry, not coaching because of COVID. They don't they didn't have Kevin Stefanski uh, at home. Uh, which funny story? Kevin Stefanski is watching the game by himself in a room in his basement. Uh, and he could hear that something good was happening on the first play of the game because his kids were cheering because his stream was behind theirs. That's hilarious that an NFL coach has to watch a football game like that. Uh, and, and because he was diagnosed with COVID, also Joel Batonio wasn't in this game. Denzel Ward wasn't in this game. Uh, and, and just to, to, to win a game like this, like the way they did, uh, is incredible. And it makes me so happy for the Cleveland Browns. The ultimate underdog. I'm always rooting for the Browns. Uh, Joel and I have talked about multiple times uh, how this is, you know, this is the crush team. This is the team that we love uh, to root for because we love underdogs. Uh, we love to root for them. Uh, and and to get off to such a hot start and all of a sudden uh, Pittsburgh is, is inching their way back in. It seems like they might come in and completely devastate them. And then Nick Chubb on a 40-yard catch and run puts a dagger finally into the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a win. Uh, you know, regardless of how much further uh, this Cleveland Brown team goes this week, uh, what a win. Uh, and what an incredible time. The first win in the playoffs since 1994. That's before I was born, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations to Cleveland Brown. And for Pittsburgh, there's a lot of changes happening for this team in the future. Who knows? Is this, we talked about this is Marquise Pouncey's final game. Is this Big Ben's final game? What are they doing at the quarterback position? Uh, and Mike Tomlin's got to find a way to keep his guys under control because this, with the TikTok dances, and, and, and can you believe, this team was 11-0 and and they completely fell apart, losing, I think, five of their last six games. An incredible come apart uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a long offseason. Uh, Steelers fans don't have a whole lot to look forward to this offseason. Uh, but that wraps up every single game from Wild Card Weekend. And then we look ahead to next week. And we're going to get into the divisional round picks as we get into the next round of the playoffs. And now the number one seeds are playing this week. And we start things off. And I also have Joel's picks here. For those of you that are curious, last week I did beat Joel in picks. He was getting pretty cocky there for a little bit uh, when it looked like the Titans were going to beat the, Ram uh, the Ravens. rather. Uh, you know, and then he was saying stuff like, oh, we're going to have to name the, the podcast the Above Average Joel Show, stuff like that. And that's kind of why he's not on this week's episode. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but we do have the picks for this week. Um, first up, and this is in the order in which these games will be played. Uh, we have the Los Angeles Rams coming off a huge victory over the Seattle Seahawks. We're still not sure who the starting quarterback is going to be. Uh, for the Rams, if they play the number one seeded Green Bay Packers at 4:35 on Saturday, uh, and the biggest keys to this game, like I talked about with the Rams, can they establish the run, and can their defense play as well as they did against uh, Russell Wilson? I was just about to say Russell Westbrook, uh, Russell Wilson last week, uh, and if they can do that, they have a chance. But I'm going to pick Green Bay because I think Green Bay is just too much. Uh, I think their offense is. A different level they have a way better offensive line uh than seattle uh, i think they have better skill position players and i think they have a better quarterback quite frankly uh, and i think this game will be close i don't think it will be a blowout 
But in the end, I think Green Bay comes out on top. And Joel agrees with me. He's also picking uh, the Packers to win in the divisional round. And then we move on to the Baltimore Ravens going into Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo still high off of their first uh, playoff win in 25 years. This is the 8-15 game on Saturday. Uh, and, and there's a lot. This game is going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be a really, really um, entertaining game between two lethal, deadly teams. I mean, these teams, uh, I think, are equally as scary right now. Uh, and to me, the keys for Baltimore in this game, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, they need to come to play in this game uh, because those are two former All-Pros. Last year, they were both All-Pros on the same team. Uh, and if those two corners can come together and play uh, their best game against Josh Allen, and that's easier said than done. Uh, because Josh Allen is incredible, Stephon Diggs is incredible, but if they can they can somewhat shut down that passing offense and Baltimore can get off to an early lead uh, and, and, and continue to, to dominate on the ground with that run game, and like we talked about, Bills, one of their biggest weaknesses is that run defense that they have. Uh, so, so if the, the Ravens can take advantage of that, uh, contain big plays from Buffalo, that's the keys to victory. If Buffalo, however, gets off to an early lead, and this is the key to Buffalo, I think you got to score quick and you got to make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. Lamar Jackson played incredible last week uh, in the wild card round, but you, I still don't think uh, he, he's playing that well as a, as a passer. He had an ugly, ugly interception uh, in last week's game, uh, and that was when they were playing from behind. So if, I think if you can get the Baltimore Ravens in a spot where they're they're down a couple scores, and I know they came back from ten points, but Against this Buffalo team, it's a different story. And if Buffalo gets off to an early lead, I just don't see it happening uh, for Baltimore. However, that being said, I'm going to pick Baltimore in this game. I think they're they're surging at the right time. And, I, and I'm and i kind of picking with my heart as a Dolphins fan. I, you know, I don't wish too much success on the Buffalo Bills. But also, I think the combination of, you know, a, a good enough defense and and... A run game, like I said, if Baltimore can win the coin toss, uh, go down and score, immediately get a lead, and, and just get a couple stops on Josh Allen and run the clock out with that with that run game against a, a run defense that has struggled uh, at times this season, that's a, that's a recipe for success for Baltimore. That's why I'm picking Baltimore to upset the Buffalo Bills. Joel's going to go with his Bills, obviously. Uh, he just loves the Buffalo Bills, so he's going to go with them. And then on to the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is the first game on Saturday at 3.05 p.m. Uh, and the Browns Cinderella story, will it continue this week uh, as they get Kevin Stefanski back, Denzel Ward's back, Joel Batonio's back. I think in the end, the whole Kansas City, I feel like they're going to hit another gear uh, and they're going to be too much. As much as I love the Browns uh, and I hope this game is fun and competitive, and we've seen what happens in college when Baker Mayfield plays Pat Mahomes. Crazy things can happen. But I think in the end, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team, I think, remaining. And they're still the team that I picked to win the Super Bowl from the very beginning of the season. And I think they beat uh, the Cleveland Browns here. And then on to the final game, the late game on Saturday. And it's Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. And what, what is probably most likely the final time these two Quarterbacks will face off against each other. It's the Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. And man, I really hope we have a, sh a, a complete shootout. 
I, I, I hope that Breeze and Brady are both playing uh, at their highest possible level and we see these two guys duel it out because man, oh man, would that be fun. And I think these teams are very similar. I think they're kind of peaking at the right time. They're getting contributions from from all of their skill position players at the right time. Uh, with the Buccaneers, we have Antonio Brown, you know, pitching in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Uh, and then with the Saints, Camara's a part of the offense. Michael Thomas is back. Uh, you know, and, and Drew Brees is playing as well as we've seen him this season. And I think this is going to be a fun game. I hope it's going to be a fun game. And despite despite uh, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not being able to finish off the Saints once uh, this regular season, I'm going to say they finally do it. Third time's a charm. I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, knock off and end the career of Drew Brees. Uh, and Joel is also taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, surprisingly. And I, he is also picking the Chiefs. I forgot to say that. But that pretty much wraps this episode up, Joe. Uh a wild card of an episode, you know. I think uh, you know, pretty loaded episode. Uh, a lot of things going on in the background of this podcast. We had to stop a couple times because there were, you know, some screaming going on from neighbors. Uh, you know, all that good stuff, Joe. But uh, you know, I I had a good time. I don't know about you. I had a great time. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And just oh, sorry. What Is were you that, saying? Oh, I was, I was just saying thank you. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. Um. And thank you guys for listening. You know, the world can often nowadays seem like it's crumbling around you. Especially right now. Especially right now. We, sorry, I don't want to get into it. Should I get into it? What, that we're in a state of emergency? Yeah, our province is now in a state of emergency. Yeah. So. State of urgency. State of urgency. For some action, okay? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> urgent time for some action right now. Yeah. Uh, now we're so, in a state of emergency, so for the next 28 days, we cannot leave our houses, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we'll see if that affects the podcast or whatever. <laughs> uh, but for those of you uh, that do listen to this podcast every week, if this can be your normalcy, you know, your consistency through this wild time, you know, with the world crumbling around, the one consistent thing is the average Joe football show. We will be here for you week in and week mm-hmm. out. And that being said, we are taking a four-week hiatus uh, starting. I'm just kidding. Starting uh, effective immediately. Effective immediately. Um, uh, no, I'm just kidding. We will be back next week uh, wrapping up all the divisional games, moving on to the 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 championship games uh, before we get to the Super Bowl. A lot of fun times ahead. Uh, the playoffs are just getting good, I think, now. But, Joe, I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. Uh, before we wrap up the podcast, you know, nothing no. at all. Uh, you don't want to... for that, you're, it's really loud when you constantly move your hat up oh, and down. Oh, can you hear? Because I've been doing it a lot. I know. Why didn't you say anything? <laughs> I just realized it now. Oh, no. I didn't realize what you were doing. But it's going to sound fine. Okay. Yeah, Joe is the, the illustrious producer, after all. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, uh, at underscore average Joe Show, on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Give us a good review. Uh, Subscribe, please. Please subscribe. Uh, And continue to tune back every week for new episodes. Uh, But that pretty much does it, I think. Another good one in the books. Uh, We will catch you guys on the next one.